You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. Feel like who art Ed? Who art Ed? Mr. Wood, art Ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and for this week, I'm going to be mixing it up a little bit. I'm going to start off with a special guest giving a fan fact here. Hi, my name is Atticus, and my fun fact is that in 2020, a first edition holographic shadowless Charizard card sold for $369,000. Now, hearing that fun fact, a Charizard card sold for $369,000. It got me thinking. Some of the great fine artists from history, Toulouse Lautrec, His first edition prints sell for tens of thousands of dollars, and yet first edition Pokemon cards are selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. There must be something really special about Pokemon as the artwork has made its way across the entire world. We see it not only in video games and card games, we see it in cartoons, we see it in movies, we see it in books. And those first edition prints, the cards designed by Ken Sugimori, are valuable works of art worth a little bit of consideration. And so today's episode is going to be about Pokemon. Now, I'm not going to get into all of the mythology, the lore within the Pokemon universe. And I'm not going to get into the rules of the card games. I am just barely learning them myself. But I think the story of how Pokemon was developed is really interesting. Pokemon is one of the biggest games in modern history. For over 25 years, hundreds of millions of people around the world have enjoyed the video games, card games, cartoons, movies, books, as I said. But how did it all get started? For that, we need to go back a little further than the 25 years of Pokemon. Back to the 1960s and 70s in Machinita, Tokyo, Japan. And a little boy named Satoshi Tajiri 
Even though Tokyo is obviously a big city, the area where Satoshi grew up was still kind of rural. He loved exploring nature, and in particular, he liked catching bugs. The other kids took notice of his love of entomology and called him Dr. Bug. Kind of wish they had called him the bug catcher, but Dr. Bug. The thing is, Machida didn't stay rural. Satoshi saw Tokyo's urban sprawl pave over the space where he grew up, and he felt a sense of loss. As an adult in the 1980s, he started a gaming magazine. Then he decided that making his own games would be more satisfying than writing about other people's games. He and his friends started a video game company, Game Freak, with some modest success early on. In the early 1990s, Satoshi came up with the idea for a game inspired by his childhood. He thought about all the kids growing up in cities who wouldn't get the chance to enjoy exploring nature and collecting bugs as he had. He thought it would be great to build a game around this idea with a kid collecting fantasy creatures called Pocket Monsters. It just so happens that he was bringing this pitch to the perfect company. He brought it to Nintendo. And listeners might recall my previous episode on Shigeru Miyamoto and his development of Mario and Zelda, two of Nintendo's biggest games. Miyamoto had been inspired by a similar experience exploring the mountains and rural areas in Japan. Who knew the biggest video games out there were inspired by nature, but the scenic areas in Japan must be something truly awe-inspiring. Anyways, Nintendo took a chance on the pitch for Pocket Monsters, developed by Satoshi, and his friend Ken Sugimori. Sugimori is an illustrator, and he is the one who came up with those first edition Pokemons. It was something like 150 different characters developed by Ken and a couple of other illustrators, I think, helped him out along the way. Now, one thing I do want to point out is these characters are developed. They are not just little doodles that get printed out onto the cards. For each and every character, a lot of thought goes into its creation. Pikachu, for example. Uh, Pikachu has that electric charge, that electrical energy, And the tail, one of the most striking features, that iconic zigzag tail, is modeled after a lightning bolt. The cheeks are that bright red that feels a little bit energized and charged. And even the name is a reference to that electrical energy. Pika is the Japanese term they use to describe the sound of electric sort of zaps and energy. The chew is thrown on there just basically to make it sound a little cuter. And it worked. Now, the last little bit of trivia I'm going to share about Pikachu is, while he looks like a mouse today, that apparently wasn't his first form. And while people do commonly describe Pikachu as having been modeled after or designed based on a mouse, the initial draft was based on a Japanese dessert Daifuku. The initial artist is quoted as saying, I didn't draw it on paper and directly designed the pixel art, so there isn't any data of it now. But the first prototype I designed for Pikachu 
was a diafuku-like creature in the shape of a long diafuku with ears sticking out. I'll leave the rest to your imagination, but it was nothing like the Pikachu you know today. Now, aside from the fact that apparently Pikachu started off as a blob, like that sort of semi-spherical dessert with ears sticking out of it, one of the things I gleaned from this is the fact that these Pokemon characters go through a series of stages of revisions. They evolve before they take on the final form that we all see and appreciate in the cards and in the games. But let's go back to the early 1990s, those early days as they were developing pocket monsters, which later became Pokemon. Even though they got their big break and Nintendo was giving them a chance, it took quite a bit of work to develop Pokemon. Miyamoto actually mentored them, working with the team for six years to take pocket monsters from interesting concept to actual game. It was developed for Game Boy, a handheld gaming system that accepted cartridges, and players could trade monsters using a cable to connect the Game Boys. The trading card game didn't come about until a few years after the video game, but they were pretty popular almost immediately. For those wondering why I would dedicate an episode to the art of a game, here are a few stats to help understand the cultural significance of Pokemon. As of the time of this recording, well over 43 billion cards have been printed. That means that Pokemon cards outnumber humans 5 to 1. Some of those cards can fetch auction prices on par with famous paintings. As you heard before, in 2020, a first edition holographic Shadowless Charizard card sold for $369,000. Of course, Pokemon is more than just cards and video games. It's books, it is cartoons, there's a story. But interestingly, the story doesn't play out the same all around the world. Here in America, and a lot of the world, Pokemon cartoons are about Ash, a young boy trying to collect all of the Pokemon, or pocket monsters. It was shortened to Pokemon. But in Japan, his name is Satoshi, after the creator of Pokemon. And another character American audiences know as Gary, sort of Ash's rival, his name is Shigeru in Japan. He's named after the guy who helped Satoshi develop the Pokemon game. I think there's something really beautiful about the way that Satoshi and Shigeru are immortalized as cartoon characters, forever holding on to their youth and that adventurous spirit so they have time to catch them all. Now, if you have a favorite fun fact or interesting story about your favorite artist or artwork, I would love to hear it. You can email me, whoartedpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, as always, if you're enjoying the show, please tell a friend, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app to help others discover the show. 
This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.